Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened a Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be obtaining the promise. Let's begin in Hebrews chapter 6. In Hebrews chapter 6, beginning in the ninth verse, it says, But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints, and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show under the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, wherever the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. A month ago, we studied this chapter and how it relates to following the examples of our fellow believers, and more importantly, following the example of God. There is more to this chapter that we must consider. We find in this passage the concept of the promise. Promise is mentioned in this chapter four different times. The Bible is full of promises, and every one of them is available to us today. In verse 17, we find the phrase, heirs of promise. We, the people of God, born-again believers, are the heirs of promise. The reason that this is the case is because, as verse 13 said, God made promise to Abraham. Since God gave the promise to Abraham, his descendants in the natural became the heirs of promise. They were unique and set apart by God. They were the only ones who could inherit the promise. This was the way it was until Christ came. Then a change occurred. Now the Gentiles were no longer cut off. The promise which was previously unavailable to them was now available if only they accept salvation through Christ. When we become born again, we become the spiritual descendants of Abraham. And once this occurs, we become the heirs of promise. In Romans 11 and 17, speaking of Israel, it says, And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, 
and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, where the wild olive tree, branches that were grafted into Israel, the chosen people of God, and we've been grafted into the family of God. The Pharisees and Sadducees weren't able to understand this concept. They were only looking through the natural lens. Matthew 3 and 9 says, And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. We need to understand that we have been grafted in, and the promise is available to us today, right now. This is the foundation of our study. Let's go to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17, beginning in the first verse, it says, And when Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations, for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou, and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you, and thy seed after thee. Every man-child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man-child in your generations. He that is born in the house, or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed, he that is born in thy house, and he that is bought with thy money, must needs be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man's child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He had broken my covenant. This chapter shows us the promise that God made to Abraham. This is the promise that was available to all of Abraham's descendants and now is available to us through faith. Not only is this one promise available to us as the heirs of promise, we can also have any and every promise that God has given in his word. Scripture is full of promises, and they're there for us, but they don't automatically come to us or manifest in our lives. We need to reach out and take them. We need to look at how exactly we are to obtain the promise. We have a role to play, and it's important for us that we know how to do it. Hebrews chapter 6, as we saw earlier, gives us a deeper insight into what we need to do. Verse 12 says, That ye be not slothful, but followers of them, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Then verse 15 tells us, And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. We find in these two verses three elements that we absolutely need in order to obtain the promise. These three are faith, patience, and endurance. We need each of these elements. It's important that we look at them individually. The first element is faith. Faith is fundamental to our Christian life. 
Without faith, it's impossible to even be a Christian. Romans 12 and 3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God have dealt to every man the measure of faith. We each have some amount of faith. It's within us. God births it inside of us. Catherine Kuhlman, the great revivalist, once said, Faith is not believing what you see, but rather seeing what you believe. Faith is defined as the divinely given conviction of things unseen. Before we obtain the promise, it's unseen. It hasn't yet manifested itself, which is why we need to lay hold of it in faith in order to bring it to pass. Without faith, we'll have no trust or confidence in the promise, which will cause us to lose the necessary initiative and motivation that we need. We must be assured that the promise belongs to us and that we can receive it. Charles Price once said, We have made faith a condition of the mind when it's really a divinely imparted grace of the heart. We can receive faith only as he gives it. You cannot manufacture faith. You cannot work it up. You can believe a promise and at the same time not have the faith to appropriate it. Genuine scriptural faith is not our ability to count it done, but is the deep consciousness divinely imparted to the heart of man that it is done. This is the key. We must inwardly know within our spirit, not only that the promises are ours, but also that they will manifest in our life and that it's guaranteed beyond a shadow of a doubt. This goes beyond belief. This is an unshakable certainty that the promise is manifesting and nothing can stop it from unfolding. This is why it's so important that we continue to study and learn God's word. Romans 10 and 17 tells us, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The more time and the more effort that we put into hearing and learning God's word, as we meditate on it and let it go deep within our spirit, the more God will bear faith within us. We must also remember that faith requires action. Our faith prompts us to act if we let it. We need faith to obtain the promise. And once we have faith, we can then have the next two elements. Patience is the second element that we need to look at. Patience is crucial. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 35 to 36 say, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Patience is a necessity. The promise isn't going to come at the time or in the way that you expect it to. This is why patience is required. We have to be able to wait. We're told many times throughout scripture to wait upon the Lord. And it's no different when it comes to the promise. We need to wait for the promise. In Hebrews 6 and 12, it said, Through faith and patience, inherit the promises. The word used here for patience is different than that of Hebrews 10.36. We'll look at that one later. In verse 12, the Greek word is makrophumia, which means patience, long-suffering, forbearance. The concordance goes on to say it means long passion, waiting sufficient time, steadfastness, staying power. It also means divinely regulated patience. The word is used of God himself. Only the Lord produces true patience and long-suffering in us, and hence it is a fruit of the Spirit. The first thing that we learn from this definition is the importance of passion. We need to be passionate about the promises of God. Passion goes beyond the mind. It's of the heart. God puts it within our spirit and it manifests itself outwardly 
through our conduct and actions. It's our passion that allows us to be patient. When we have a deep love for the promises and are unwilling to let go of them no matter what, because of that passion, we will have patience. The other thing that we learned from this definition is that patience and long-suffering are produced within us by God. He births patience within our spirit. This is the same as we saw with faith. He births it within us, and then it manifests itself outwardly. Faith sets the stage for patience, because once we are assured that the promise is already done, we'll be willing to wait for it. We need to allow God to birth patience within us, and then we need to trust Him to divinely regulate our patience in the way that only He can, so that we can properly operate in it and manifest it, so we can obtain the promise. The third element is endurance. We serve a God of endurance. It's one of his many attributes. Romans 15 and 5 in the ESV says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. This is why God requires endurance from us. The road to obtaining the promise is not an easy one. There will be roadblocks and the enemy will attack us along the way. This is why endurance is necessary. Endurance prepares us to be able to receive the promise. Hebrews 12 and 7 in the ESV says, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Romans 15 and 4 tells us in the ESV, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Then Romans 5 Verses 3-4 through four in the ESV tell us, More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Our endurance is what keeps us going, even when the promise seems like it will never come in the natural. The more we endure, the stronger we become. Hebrews 6 and 15, speaking of Abraham, said, After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. The word used here for endured is the same word that we looked at for patience. Strong's Concordance says, In this particular usage, it means to be of a long spirit, not to lose heart, to persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles. Hebrews 10.36 gives us a deeper insight into endurance. It says, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Many other versions of the Bible translate patience as endurance. The Greek word used here is hypomone, which means a remaining behind, a patient enduring, steadfastness, endurance, patient waiting for. It comes from hypo, meaning under, and meno, meaning remain and endure. The concordance says that together, it means remaining under, endurance, steadfastness, especially as God enables the believer to remain and endure, under the challenges that he allots in life. The key part of this definition is that God enables us to endure. Like we saw with both faith and patience, God births endurance within us so that we will be able to make it to the end and obtain the promise. When times get hard and it feels tough to keep on going, when it feels like everything is against us and nothing is going right, we must remember the promise and that it's ours and that it's already done. This understanding will allow us to keep on enduring. We need faith, patience, and endurance because they each have a special unique role in our obtaining of the promise. Not only are they each necessary individually, 
but they also all work together. Faith must come first because it lays the foundation for patience. Faith gives us the assurance that we need to make our waiting and patience worth it. Patience must come next because it lays the foundation for endurance because patience gives us the inward peace and ability to wait while we endure trials and afflictions. Then endurance must come last because it's endurance that gives us the strength and ability to not stop no matter what and make it to the end of the road so we can receive the promise that he made to us. It must be in this order, faith, then patience, then endurance. This is the way that God has ordained it. It doesn't happen in any other way. Now that we understand the elements, we need to obtain the promise, and we need to see what it actually means to obtain it. Verse 15 says, And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. The Greek word used here for obtained means to light upon to obtain, to attain, to acquire. The concordance goes on further to say it means to hit the mark, reach a point, to obtain by lighting upon, falling in line with, happening upon, attain to, because of being at the right point to suitably obtain. The key part of this definition is to hit the mark. This drastically changes our understanding of what it means to obtain something. The word for sin in Greek is derived from an old term used for archery. It means to miss the mark. This shows us that there is a special relation and a special contrast between sin and obtaining the promise. What makes sin what it is, is when we go against the will of God, when we fail to hit the mark of doing His will. The knowledge of God's will is in His Word. It's available to every Christian. He places it within our heart. And when we knowingly go against His will, it becomes sin to us. We find the opposite to be true when it comes to obtaining. Obtaining is to hit the mark. It means that we are doing the will of God. We are all able to understand God's will through His Word. And when we do His will and walk in it, we will be obtaining the promise. We obtain the promise when we do those things that are pleasing to God. In order for us to successfully do and walk in the will of God, we first need faith, patience, and endurance. These will sustain us and keep us going in our walk of faith. They give us the ability to do those things that are pleasing to God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This shows us even more clearly the necessity of these elements. Since we need faith, patience, and endurance in order to hit the mark, and obtain the promise, we need to take a closer look at what binds these three elements together. We need to see what the common denominator is amongst them. From the definitions that we saw earlier, the one thing that was common to them all is that they all are birthed within us and produced in us by God. This changes our understanding of our involvement in obtaining the promise. Our outward actions and conduct are our responsibility. We're in control of these things. We need to answer for our own doing of the will of God. But the things that we need to successfully do this, God births and produces within us. He has already given us what we need to obtain the promise. All we need is already within us. We just need to use it. God is perfectly just. And because of this, he is not asking for us to have something that he didn't already give us. This takes us completely out of this part of the equation. We don't have to rely on ourselves for these things. We can rely on God to produce them in us, and we can trust Him to give us the wisdom and the strength 
to use them in the way that he would have them to be used, so that we can further execute his will for our lives and obtain the promise. Once we understand what's within us and begin to operate in these elements, we need to let them influence our lives and manifest outwardly through our actions and conduct. Hebrews 6, 11 and 12 said, And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful but followers of them, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. When it comes to our actions and conduct, we are warned not to be slothful. Laziness is not of God. Proverbs 13 and 4 says, The soul of the sluggard desireth and have nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. We are told instead to be diligent. The word for diligent in the Hebrew means to show zealous diligence, to give one's best, to give full effort by making haste. For the believer, speedy diligence means quickly obeying what the Lord reveals is his priority. This elevates the better over the good, the more important over the important, and does so with earnest swiftness and intensity. It's very important that we stay focused on the promises of God and that we stay diligent in doing the will of God until we see them come to pass in our lives. We are the heirs of promise. The promises are rightfully ours. We need to reach out and claim them and know the promises are already done. If we stay faithful and stay patient and keep enduring, we will obtain the promise. And if we give our best to God, He will give His best to us. We find all our sufficiency and the perfect fulfillment of His promises in Jesus Himself, and we receive them to show forth His glory. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank You today for Your Word. And Lord, we thank You that because we have faith in your son Jesus, that you have made us spiritual descendants of Abraham. And not only that, but Lord, you have proclaimed us the heirs of promise. And for that, we are forever grateful. Lord, we know that you have given us so many countless amazing promises throughout your word. And today we make the decision to lay hold of these in faith. Lord, we thank you that you have produced within us and are doing so right now, the faith and the patience and the endurance necessary to obtain the promise. And Lord, we thank you that once we have claimed these things in faith, that we can do more than just count it done. We can know within the deepest, most innermost part of our spirit that it already is done right now. And Lord, we do that right now. We make that decision to give our best to you, to put forth a real, true effort. And Lord, we know that when we do, because you are a faithful God, that you will give your best to us. And Lord, we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you want to obtain the promise and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. Now, if you prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, 
you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.